Welcome to the Fishing Oregon Coast podcast. Meet the fishing pros, hear stories, get advice, and hear the latest fishing reports from the Oregon coast. Now, here's your host, Gary Palmer. Hey, howdy, howdy. This is Gary Palmer with Fishing Oregon Coast podcast. And I'm just thrilled today to have the opportunity of talking with Scott Heffernan. Scott lives in Ocean Island Beach, North Carolina. He's an avid fisherman, and he fishes on the GPS store tournament fishing team. Scott studied at the University of North Carolina, and he's been with the GPS store for 15 years. He started out in the warehouse, and now he's the VP of sales. Scott attends and works at numerous marine electronic boat shows each year. He's also NEMA certified, NEMA certified installer and NEMA 2000 certified. So Scott, I've given our audience a little introduction to you, but can you take a few moments, tell us more about yourself and your work there with uh, Marine Electronics there at the GPS store? Well, uh, yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Um, you know, my work here at the GPS store is really uh, covering all bases. Um, I do, we work a small staff here. Um, we try to do our best to provide the most customer service that we can to our customers and uh, to do that, that means a lot of training, a lot of knowledge on the products, and um, you know we do study everything from radars to to autopilots to fish finders, um, including using them as well as um, uh, you know formal training inside the store. And um, that's kind of my role here is to make sure that the sales staff is is up to date with what's going on and uh, making sure our website's up to date as well as. Um, uh, knowing the product and being able to sell it in, in the store. Cool, as well. awesome. I, well, I, something I'm really impressed with with uh, your business is that you have some really good technical uh, support uh, uh, information on your site that I've gone through numerous times, and it's really good information. You have some videos too that are great, and uh, we we purchased a uh, uh, radar from you about four years ago. And that's my first contact with you there, and uh, and that turned out really good. It was a, you know, it was a great unit, and uh, we sold it on our uh, boat that we went with a boat we just sold a few, about two months ago. So we're in the in the market for some new electronics. So I'm really interested in our discussion today. But I know you've been out um, at the boat shows earlier this year, talking to a lot of mm-hmm. people, I'm sure. And um, what are what kind of questions are you getting from people when you're at the shows? You know, it, it is all over the place, but but the um, the most popular questions that we're getting right now have to do with the new technology of fish finders. Um, te- uh, fish finder technology has advanced mm-hmm. quite a bit, uh, and there's new technologies instead of just your standard uh, 5200 or 83200 transducer. Now there's uh, down view and side view, uh, chirp. So there's a lot new, a lot of new words <laughs> to explain it, as well as as technology on how it works and and how it works differently for different people in different types of boats. Yeah, that's true. I I know. I, I said I've been working. We're in the market right now for some new electronics for this boat we're going to get. And um, so I've been looking at all the different websites and trying to understand the new technology. It's not easy to understand. <laughs> it's pretty big. Get people. <laughs> pretty confusing and and I'm pretty techy and in fact I've gone through the NEMA's um, uh, installers course and I'm going to do mm-hmm. my own installations and I and I'm pretty technical I used to teach uh, auto shop so I 
did, we've done a lot with you know auto electronics and things. So it's uh, so that kind of helps me with what I'm doing with the marine electronics. Well, it sounds like sounds like you'd fit right in here yeah. with us, man. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I uh, so so anyway, there's um, yeah, there's just so many different options. And then, like you said, the transducers, you know, so you have the units, but then, you know, what transducer do I want? And a lot of them come with transducers. But there's also, yeah, there's some now that have the 83200 and the, I think it's the 455800. So like four, mm-hmm. you know, so, so, you know, how does someone decide, you know, what? Well, that's a, that's a, that's the tough part. Um, you know, we always start out with, um, you know, let me let me start off by saying yeah. real quick. You know, a lot of the the guys here that that are the guys and girls that we have that yeah. work here. Um, you know, we we've all used the equipment. Um, we've been out on boats to see yes. them, and you know, we've my personal boat when we did the installation, I brought it here numerous times so that everybody wow. could see how the installation was progressing and things like right. that, so that they really get a hands-on. It's not just walking into a store buying right. a TV, go home, plug it in. You know, we really try to try to to get you to the right application. Yes. Um, a lot of customers don't even know the questions. Uh, that they need to ask to get to right. the right answers. Yes. Um, so you know, we almost always start off with just a few basic questions of, um, you know, where are you fishing? Um, are you fishing? Are you cruising? How deep are you fishing? What kind of boat is it? Uh, what power? Uh, what kind of engines do you have? Single inboard, twin inboards, uh, single outboard, twin outboards, triple outboards, uh, you know, and then you get into stepped hull boats, um, is the hull a composite or a cord boat? Um, and all those play into what transducer you're going to need. Um, starting off with, starting off with mainly what your what your main application is, where you're going, how deep you're going to need to get a reading, and then we have an idea of what what uh, power of transducer you need, and then we can try and match it to the okay. boat. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That. And then, do you find that? For the for the average uh, sports fisherman, do they um, do they buy a combo unit, both the chart plotter and the sonar together? We're finding that most everybody uh, these days are, are going to the network yeah. systems, um, and in the in the larger boats, what they're doing is, you know, the, the idea used to be to have a standalone fish finder and a standalone radar because they wanted the redundancy. Uh, but what we're seeing now is. The way to make redundancy now is to just have two 10-inch network units or two 12s or, uh, you know, whatever the case is, or a, a, a 10 down below and an 8 in the in the uh, okay. top. So so you, you technically still have that same redundancy. Okay. Well, a lot of the boats here are, you know, like um, uh, maybe 18 to 22-foot uh, and fiberglass, but a lot of aluminum boats here on the Pacific Northwest. And so they have, uh, you know, some of them have have hard tops, but a lot of them have canvas tops with maybe a with a, a metal frame, but then the canvas and a windshield. So um, most of the time, probably just one unit, you know. In the and, but I know with the uh, with the new wireless technology, I mean, it's possible to have one unit up by your steering wheel by your windshield, but then you could have another one back. Where you're fishing from, back with a mm-hmm. tablet or something, couldn't you? And still have access to that, to that one. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. A lot of the units have Wi-Fi now, um, and, and that allows you to, in some cases, control the display as well as just view the right. display. Um, so it's it's not giving you a second display as far as being able to run Fish Finder on one GPS on the other. 
but it's giving you a redundant display to the one that you have. Okay. Okay. Right. 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 So, it, and I, if I, as I've been looking, I mean, you can get, you know, pretty quickly up into thousands of dollars. So, so but is there, if you're looking at a $300 unit, is it really 10 times better than a $300 unit? Um, no, 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 it's not. Quality-wise, you know, I, mean, I would say that all the units are, are on equal ground. They're, they're all made in basically the same places, the different factories. Yeah. They, they change over the products and go. Uh, Quality-wise, no. Really, when you, when you go up in price, what you're paying for are feature sets and display okay. size. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but then, like the feature sets, so this, the, the Chirp... I hear a lot of people talking about that now, and, um, and and some of us just from what they're hearing or they're you know watching the videos online about it. Uh, but you know they think, wow, you can you can be out and uh, you can see a crab walking along the bottom, you know, and know it's a crab instead of an arch. And I don't know if that's true because I don't have one, I haven't experienced it. But I mean, are they that much? Is the chirp really that much more detailed in the in what you're seeing? It's. It, it can be with the right transducer and the right setup. Um, you know, there are inexpensive 300 watt, 600 watt chirp transducers that work well in shallow water. Um, I've seen um, with my own eyes, you know, a, a thousand watt chirp, um, and show you literally instead of a bait ball on your fish finder, you would see, you would actually see the individual marks of bait. Um, so you could actually see see the fish themselves. Um, so it's it can be very impressive, but again, it's it's all matching matching up the transducer to the to the sonar module. Right, right. So it you know, in that with that information that in that line of thought, do you recommend that someone has these systems installed professionally, or is, can they still do it themselves with guidance from like you? And if they match it up with their boat, their application, they can still achieve that. But it's in the purchase, not necessarily if if they're technically inclined it's not necessarily it's installed if they just if they follow the right procedures they can still do it themselves yeah absolutely the the installation these days is pretty pretty straightforward right. on on most of yes. these units um you know i would recommend a professional when it comes to putting in the transducer okay. um however the the chart plotter itself is really mounting a bracket power and yep. ground and with with the networking capabilities that they use rj45 connectors so most of it is just plug oh, and play okay Okay, so when you said a thousand watt chirp, I mean, is that a really high end uh, transducer? Would that be? That is, it is um, of the higher end, but it's it's still very commonplace. Um, Six hundred watt is kind of the okay. standard. Um, but you know, if you if you were a customer and came in and were talking to me about going out over a thousand feet of water, um, even even six hundred to to a thousand, I would I would recommend you go to that thousand okay. watt mark. But here. Most of our fishing, if it's in the, if it's in the river or the bay, then it's you know from from uh, ten feet to fifty feet. Usually, if you're trolling for salmon or mm -hmm. you're fishing for salmon, or, but then when you go in the ocean, it still could be you know forty feet to you know maybe three hundred feet or three hundred fifty or maybe five or six hundred if you're halibut fishing, but but probably more in the you know if you're fishing for bottom fish or going over pinnacles, it's probably going to be you know from from 50 to 150 feet. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the you know the the great thing right now with these new sonars 
are most of them have multiple options for your for your sonar um, frequencies and and features. So you could very very easily do a chirp or a traditional sonar, and still get your regular fish finder picture that you're used to, that would work at 10 feet or like you said 300 feet, um, but still have the ability to see down view or side view, which starts giving you the the actual imaging of what's on the bottom. So uh, you know if you're going over if you're wreck fishing. You're going over a wreck. You can actually see the outline of that wreck, uh, and then be able to mark the points. If you're using a network unit, that's uh, or a, or a single unit that has it all right. built in. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, as people purchase units from you or your experience, what percent of the features do they end up using? Um, as far as you if, mean, if as they, far as uh, if they when bought, they if they bought a, a a combo unit, fish finder and sonar, and there there's so many features you can you know do with it. Do you think basically they just they just use it in the kind of the the way that it's uh, that it comes out of the box, and or do you find that people really start researching and learning and and really get get a lot out of their unit? Yeah. You know, I find that most people use it just the way it yeah. comes. Um, yeah. And they really don't use everything that they have it, to an extent, you know. I've, and I, I hate to, to break up the different categories of, of boaters, but I would tell you that the cruisers, the people that are running yeah. the trawlers, uh, the sailboats, they they tend to spend a lot more time learning about the product and really getting into what well, it will do. And they're not fishing; like um, they're just going along. They have a lot of time to do that, probably. Huh? More time, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And fishermen, and, and I, you know, I would include myself. You know, I, I turn the unit on when I get on the boat, and and I, I kind of just want it to do yes. what it does, and yes. I go fishing. Yes. Well, I know that the you know the, our friends and people that I know that that fish here with us. I mean, some are pretty good, but a lot of them just know some basic you know uses of it. Even like when we when we um, leave the harbor, we have to go out across the bar, river bar here, to get in the ocean, and so they'll go out. And then they'll get their waypoints set of where they, you know, have their numbers set for where they're going to fish. And then they'll, you know, get a straight line out to it instead of doing waypoints, you know, like from here and then going out to here and here. But it's just, mm -hmm. and then, um, you know, even coming back, I know, you know, people that I've been with, they just, uh, they'll uh, be out fishing and they'll, instead of putting in the, you know, the longitude latitude, you know, or they'll just kind of zoom zoom um, in and uh, or zoom out they'll find the harbor and they'll zoom in pick a point at near that like the first red can by the where the bar is or something and they'll just go to that mm -hmm. um, but they could they could have that pre-planned if they really you know knew their their system better or they could even have multiple waypoints and and uh, create a route of different places they may want to fish that day and then just follow that. But it's a little more to learn to do that type of thing with it than it is just to, like I said, just to, to zoom up, pick a point, and say, go to that point. It is, and it's not, you know, and I wouldn't even say that it was so much to learn to do it. It's just taking the time to set yeah. it up. Um, you know, when what, what I do at the beginning of every season, uh, because of the way our, our inlets move around here because it's a sand bottom and you may face kind of the same yes. thing, is I, I usually try to clear out all my tracks. Yeah. From you, previous you years, have a post or on your site, or there's a, a, a educational piece on there about doing that. Is mm -hmm. I remember reading that one time. Yeah, yeah, it's and it works great. You know that way if you do come because you might run out a uh, hundred times, and then when you come back in 
one night, one time at night, you might be on a different line and, and really run into problems. So it's a good idea to, to not necessarily clear it out all the time, but know that your tracks are fresh. Um, and then also go through and mark waypoints on where you know there's either shallow water or you know there's there's plenty of deep yeah, water. Yeah, good, good point, good point. What, so, um, you know, talk about that where you know there's shallow points. So sometimes the charts aren't accurate because sand moves and things change. But uh, mm-hmm. I know that there are some features on some of the units now that you can actually record and create uh, your own charts for areas that, that you fish mm-hmm. in a lot or you travel in a lot. Do you have experience with those, or what? You know, what could you tell us? I have. I've not actually used them myself. I've seen. Um, I've. I've seen some customers that have done it, and you know, they showed me their data, and it's. It's really intriguing to see what you can do. Uh, where we are, especially, there's a lot of Bay Area that that is that is unrecorded oh, and unmarked, yeah. uh, and you can. Uh, you know, if you get out of the intercoastal waterway and kind of get into the marsh area where there's where there's really good drum fishing oh. and trout fishing. Oh, yeah. Uh, these guys are able to to take these units and record the data, um, and then send it on to um, Lawrence, especially yeah. with the Insight Genesis. Oh, yeah. uh, they can then basically build you a map off the data you gave them. Oh, really? So, would people be worried about giving up some of their favorite spots, or you know, to the public? I think that was a <laughs> yeah, that was a fear at first. I can understand why, um, but I you would have to double check me on this, but I'm pretty sure it's all private now. Oh, I don't okay. think they they don't share that they don't share okay. that data. Because you create your own right, account, okay. and then they, they, they okay. take care of it. Because I imagine if you're going to go to the work of creating that, it's, you have a reason that you want to know. And, and, yeah, that's and my, you don't, that's you my way out, You don't want to go out there and have 15 boats right there where you spend all this time creating that. <laughs> yeah, That's right. Yeah, that's, that's that could be my own old, and I don't exactly, want to imagine that. Yeah. Um, so what – you guys are independent, and, and you, you, you sell a lot of different brands, but – what are the leading brands? Is there like a ranking of which, you know, Lorance or Garmin or uh, Hummingbird or? And uh, you know, right now I would say Garmin. Garmin is definitely one of the largest right now. Um, Furuno, uh, Lorance as well. Um, starting to see a little bit more Simrad and Raymarine, but all in all, Garmin is going to be probably the most popular because they cover a, a much larger realm of oh. units. And they're very familiar with, people are very familiar with seeing them in a car or uh, outdoor hiking. Oh, so that, that kind of crosses over into the, the Okay. Marine. So, and like Lorenz, Simrad, they're the same company, aren't they? And they are, yeah. They're, they're Lorenz and Simrad are both owned by Navico. But they're, but they're branded separately, so people may not know that if they... Uh, yeah, that's right. And some of the feature sets are different on the products. Yeah. Um, the products do operate a little differently, but... Uh, you know, all in all, there there are some similarities okay. there. Huh. Well, that's interesting. I thought Lawrence was probably the top seller, just because they seem to you know to market a lot. You see them a lot, but uh, but yeah. Well, and that, and a lot of that depends on where you are. You know, I, I can you can go to a marina in in um, New uh-huh. Hampshire, for instance, and it's covered with Ray Marine because that's where they're out uh, of. Uh, where I go down to Maryland or into Virginia, and it's all Furuno. Um, where we are down here in North Carolina, we see a lot of Garmin. Huh. And it just it's it's interesting how it's very regional. Huh. So, are there any is, you know is there any material or data that shows that this is the you know this one ranks the the highest in, the, in sales volume or units sold or something? <laughs> it usually goes with whatever the newest oh, unit is. is okay? You know, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, it's it depends. You know, Lawrence is very well known for their 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 inshore yeah. equipment. And their lake equipment, um, so they do have a, a big edge there. Um, 
Furuno is very well known for their commercial products, their commercial radars, and deep water fish finders. Um, and Garmin is just kind of doing real well at all of it. So they're they're taking a lot of their their products are just really easy to use and yeah. and they're, they're they've done a really good job of pushing the technology on their fish finders as well. Cool. Okay, good. That's huh. Um, what 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 are the right terms? I you know I was saying fish finders, chart plotter, or the combination unit or sonar or gps what what are the what are the terms the the correct terms for the are they all correct <laughs> you know what that's they're all okay. correct and we hear all of them um you know you start the, the terms you're going to start hearing more now are chirp and uh down view and side scan uh, okay. and side view uh, but sonar fish finder chart plotter and gps you know we still okay. use still use i that. mean it used to be sonar i think you heard that a lot but not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's probably people that buy them and use them and, and don't really you know, refer to it as sonar. There. But, uh, I, think the, I think the marketers like the way fish finder sounds so. better. Yeah, maybe, for, for maybe so. <laughs> yeah, probably maybe so. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Um, so with, with all of those, um, like the different features, so the, the, the chirp is, is across different, different manufacturers. They all have a chirp, don't they, or... Or that technology, or is that uh, let's see. just one? No, at this point they're not all chirp. Um, Garmin has chirp. Uh, Raymarine has chirp. Uh, Lawrence and Simrad both have chirp. Okay. Uh, Furuno does not. They just came out with a new technology called ResBoost, oh. and what it does a little differently. As far as your sonar picture, it's going to look the same. And no. please don't quote me exactly no. on the numbers, but I believe if you say a standard fish finder is here's your image. Chirp is going to be about eight to ten times clearer and better image. Really? Wow. Yeah. What they're saying, a res boost is going to be in that six to seven percent, oh. or six to seven times. Okay. Um, and they're able to do that by letting you use your standard um, Furuno transducer that you already have. Ah, okay. Ah. So it, it really was is a neat idea because they're able to get you a much better picture with the transducers they already have ah. without increasing that price. Ah, okay, okay. Oh, cool. Well, that's neat, huh? So, mm-hmm. so and it, now, it, in our case, we're um, we also want to add uh, radar. But now, wh- when when you um, when someone comes in and talks about that, they want to also have a radar with their chart plotter. Do you recommend having it all on one screen, or do you recommend having two separate displays? I, I like having two displays on the boat if if that is possible. You know, it's not always possible to have the room yeah. to do that. Um, with radar right now, what I usually recommend to a customer if they are concerned with space mm-hmm. issue, um, if you buy a simple heading sensor, it allows you to overlay your radar right on your chart plotter. And it, it, it makes that picture a lot more readable because now you're looking at the chart showing you where a buoy should be. You're looking at and you're seeing the same radar echo on that same chart right. plotter. Uh, to be able to verify that it is actually in that location where it's supposed right, to be. Right, and and radar has changed a lot since I since we purchased ours. I know, and so um, mm. what what um, you know, are, what what brands do you uh, do you see that you guys sell the most of in your store? Um, you know, it goes along with the chart plotters we sell. So we are selling probably Garmin would okay. be the the leading brand um, in. 
in radar technology, though, um, Lawrence and Simmer, I definitely have done a. Um, uh, they've done a lot to to change that game. They've they've got a different uh, frequency. They or a different type of radar. Um, it's a broadband technology, and it gives you an, a phenomenal picture at a close range. Uh-huh. Um, you know, being one myself not too uh-huh. long ago, uh, we were we were running down the waterway at night. Um, you know. I don't remember, it was 5 o'clock in the morning heading offshore. And instead of just seeing a mark of where a dock would be on the waterway, you could actually see the T on the end of the dock. I mean, it was just that precise. Now, it worked really good at close range. It it lags a little bit on the top end, you know, but usually at that range you're just looking for storms and and storm cells and rain. So, you know, that that really wasn't that big of a concern for me. Right. And I see in some of the marking material it'll say, you know, you can even see birds. So if we're out tuna fishing, I mean, I'm looking for birds everywhere. Uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, is that true? Do you think you can really see birds with with the radar? I I would personally tell you if you want to see birds to buy an open array radar. By what? But to buy an open oh, array okay, radar. Okay. Yeah. But then the cost yeah, goes I, way I, up. <laughs> it, yeah. it does. It goes up. It goes up yeah. quite a bit. Um, I've 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 heard of bird modes with with domes yeah. and. Um, it's not just Lawrence and Simrad, um, and I'm not saying I can't do it. I've I've never personally been able to right. try it, but I've seen it work plenty of times on open array. Yeah. So that's that's yeah, what I, I would, yeah I, I would recommend. I've talked to people that have open array, and they yeah they're really impressed with what they have. So, what, mm-hmm. what about crab pots? Would you be able to see buoys from you know crab buoys if you're when you're running out? That's an issue for us going out of the harbor and then out out in the open be crab you, pots everywhere. You know it's going to de- it's going to depend on how 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 much you, how the sensitivity is set and how tight you have it. Uh, tuned in you know it's if it's if it's a really calm slick day and you can really turn up the sensitivity turn off your sea filters then then you should be able to pick up almost anything right up off on top of the water um if that's a concern though something that small you know for what a like a FLIR handheld thermal imager costs these days um that's that would be a very good something to consider as well really what what price range Mm -hmm. are they in um you in the thermal cameras you're in the you know what? Let me pull one up on our okay. website right now. I think we're going to be in the two to three thousand dollar okay. range. Um, our least expensive one. Nope, that's a three twenty. Yeah, here's one at twenty five forty nine. We have the least expensive. The entry level model is sixteen forty nine. Okay. Okay. Not cheap. <laughs> that's 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 the entry level. No, not cheap. Not, yeah, but if you're rate. if you're getting it to not hit you something in the dark, you I mean it's. Yeah. That could totally be worth it. <laughs> yeah, I imagine versus one time pulling the boat out of the water to have something mm-hmm. done to the prop, um, it could it could yes, save that. Yeah, yeah, that's totally true. Um, so, do you do you do you give classes sometimes on sonar or fish finders? Your story, if you did, that, mm, we um, we've done a few seminars here and there. Um, not really anything anything is, official. Is it worthwhile uh, for someone? to learn kind of the basics of sonar and how they work, do you think, or does that, they not need that as just, just to learn their units? Well, actually, you know, we're, what we're trying to do and what we've launched on our website, um, uh, on YouTube yes. as well, is we're, we're trying to do some instructional videos, mm-hmm. um, something that anybody can mm-hmm. tune into and check out. Um, and that's, and it's, it's really just to show the feature sets like, Hey, actually take a look uh, at this and look okay. at what it'll do. Because most people don't go oh, that far. Cool. Okay. Okay. Good. Cool. Hey. Well, um, this has been great. Uh, as we uh, kind of come to the end of our of our interview, is there any any parting advice or you know that you'd like to uh, 
to give to our audience? And then, and then also, what's the best way for people to connect up with you? Uh, you can reach us by calling toll-free, um, 1-800-477-2611. Uh, or you can go to our website, which is thegpsstore.com. Mm -hmm. um, and you can ask for it. Really, anybody here cool. can help. Um, if you would like to ask for me, my name's Scott again. You can reach me. Um, I'll, I'll put, but, I'll you know, put the, links, the advice I'll put links to those on the show notes also. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. excellent, yeah. And then, you know, you know, really, I would just tell people that, you know, do some research, look around. You know, if you're going to buy something from somebody, even if it's not us, try and buy from an authorized dealer, somebody that is reputable, yes. um, that that can help you deal with the manufacturer if you do have any questions yes. or concerns. Um, you know, you don't want to buy from the cheapest place online and then get hung out to right, dry. Right, Cool. Well, Scott, well, thank you very much. I appreciate you uh, taking the time with us today. Absolutely. I'll um, look forward to, to hearing it. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening. For show notes and pictures from this episode, head over to our website, fishingoregoncoast.com, your number one resource for fishing on the Oregon coast. Until next time, we're wishing for you tight lines and calm seas.